0: So good, man, I'm so excited uh, about our guest speaker this morning. Somebody goes, who is it? Eli was on the front row, and he came over to Erica. He goes, am I the guest speaker? I said, well, what word do you have on your heart, son, your eights? God can use an eight-year-old, amen. Um, No notes, you know, Holy Ghost, praise God. Um, but hey, uh really, really excited because uh we, we've had it on our heart for a while to just like teach on praise and joy. Erica was actually going to speak today, but we're like, uh, there's just been an anointing in worship lately. And who better to speak on praise and joy than our very own worship leader and worship director? And so we're letting Jason Cash, our worship director, come on up and bring the word today. You're gonna love it. Lean in, shout them down, let them know it's good, help them out. But let's get our warm alive family church welcome one more time to mr jason cash thank you pastor oh so good well good morning everybody how you guys doing i mean not to say just because i was up here but worship thank you jesus oh so good so good i just love being in his presence I love getting to praise Him, and I'm so excited to bring you guys the Word this morning. And so one of the things that I love to do is I always love to look at the Word, but I always love to teach, and so hopefully there's some things today that you're going to get from this. And also, I apologize in advance. I speak fast, and so I'm going to try and slow it down, but I also have a lot of stuff I want to get through because there's just a lot on my heart. And so I just want to open up with a quick prayer, and we just want to give it to God this morning, and I just want to get in to just learning about praise and learning about joy. And God, we just thank You so much this morning. We just come before You, and we thank You, Father God, that we can be in an atmosphere you, to be in joy, and to walk out the blessing that you have for us this morning. the God, as we get into your word, I pray that you would just move on our hearts, just open it up, break down the walls and the barriers and the things holding us back from you, holding us back from praising you, from going to that next level in our relationship with you. But most importantly, God, we just surrender everything this morning, and we give it to you, and in your mighty name we pray. Everybody says, amen, amen, cool. Well, title of my message this morning is Praise Enjoy. Praise times joy. And I love praise, but there's this really cool thing that a lot of people don't realize is the two are interconnected. They're two sides of the same coin. Praise and joy go together. And so what is praise? what is praise to you you know a lot of people think you know praise is just the worship it's just the music and that looks different for every person you know maybe you grew up in a more of a traditional vein and so praise is is going to be hymns it's going to be organs it's going to be full orchestras or maybe you know you're used to a more contemporary vibe and so it's like what we do it's like the multi tracks electric guitars it's it's people raising their hands in worship and so everybody praises different but I want to take a look at praise and what the world says praise is, because this is really interesting. And so according to the dictionary, praise is the expression of approval or admiration for someone or something. So it's the approval or admiration of a person or of a thing. You know, we can praise anything we want. We can praise a person. We can praise things, places, people, jobs. Anything could be praised. But then what is joy? So the definition of joy is, According to the dictionary, is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing or owning what one desires, a source or cause for delight? So what does the world say joy is? It's in ownership of things. It's in getting the desires of what you want. And the crazy awesome thing about praise is praise is not about what you want. It's not about you. It's about what you can do for God. And it's about you worshiping a creator that made you and that loved you and so praise i love this praise is not the sound of the songs that we sing to him that's part of it but that's not the totality of it praise better defined is the size and shape of your surrender day in and day out before him praise is surrender it's surrendering what you want it's surrendering what might make you happy in the moment Because God is so worthy of our praise and he's so worthy of us just loving him and being in joy. And so it's not about us. It's about him. And so the first point I want to make today is you find your joy in what you praise. You find your joy in what you praise and you can praise anything. You can praise a person. It's your choice. You can praise your job. You can praise your spouse. You can praise your family. You can praise your car. Whatever you want to praise, you can praise that thing. It's a choice, and God gave us free will. He gave us free will for a reason. But the most important thing I want to get through to you guys today is we were made to praise God. It's literally in our DNA. It's who we were made for. It's what we were made to be. And in Isaiah 43, verses 20 and 21, it says, to my people, this is God speaking, to my people, my chosen people, this people I have formed for myself that they shall declare my praise. We were made to praise God. We were made to be in communion and have relationship with him. But because God loves us so much, he didn't want a bunch of robots serving him. He didn't Because he could have forced us to praise him. He could have made the choice and said, you will all worship me, period. But he wanted us to choose to worship him. And so he gave us free will. He gave us the choice. He gave us the ability to decide what you want to praise. And so praise is a conscious decision. It's a choice that we make day in and day out. What are we going to praise? Are we going to praise everything and anything around us? Or are we going to choose To praise and worship God and to find our joy in him. And the joy of the Lord, it's an amazing thing because it's literally our strength. It says in the Bible, the joy of the Lord is my strength. He'll renew it every single morning like the wings of eagles. It's literally what he does. But so many times we get distracted from what we were created for. And what we're created for is to worship God. But the biggest way we get distracted is through comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. And, and the enemy wants us so distracted from what the main thing is. The main thing is to praise God and to worship him and to find our joy in him. And yet he wants to get us distracted from everything around it. And I don't know about you guys, but we live in a crazy world right now. There's so much that we can look at and we can be in fear over and we can be in doubt over and we can be discouraged. And, and in comparison being the thief of joy, one of the fastest way to lose your joy is to compare yourself to everyone else. Compare your house to everyone else. Who in here like, has ever been on social media and you're scrolling through Instagram or you're on TikTok and you're looking at this house and you're just like, oh man, that is a gorgeous house. Looks like Chip and Joanna Gaines just walked in and just threw everything up. There's shiplap everywhere. Like you get shiplap, you get shiplap, everybody gets shiplap, and it's just beautiful. And you're like, man, I wish this was my house. Then you look at your house and suddenly no more joy. Because now you want something different. Or, you know, maybe, you know, guys, who in here loves a good truck? Okay, I was talking to a guy the other day. This blew my mind. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm grabbing a new truck. And I was like, sweet, what are you getting?" he was like, I'm getting a Dodge Hemi. And he's just going through the list of everything. It's like fully loaded. And I'm like, dude, that sounds amazing. How much is that going to set you back? And he was like, oh, just $105,000. It's like that's half of what I paid for my house. And you're just buying a truck in that. And I'm like... Dude, I'm just driving a 2015 Ford Focus, but here you are with like a half of my house driving truck. And, and, you know, instantly your joy can be gone because you're comparing. Instagram and social media versus reality is one of the most dangerous things because comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so hard to, to keep your joy when you're comparing yourself to everything else around you. And, but the biggest thing that we have to do is we have to remember we can't compare our everyday life to someone else's highlight reel. And let's be real, social media is not real. That's planned. I guarantee there are people that plan vacations just so they can get this picture. There are people that go to restaurants just so they can take a picture of dinner. There are people that go to brunch at 12 o'clock on Sundays just so they can let everybody know about it. And they're trying to impress people that they don't even know, that don't even care. And that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to lose our joy comparing ourselves to everyone around us. Because if the enemy can steal your joy, he can steal your blessing. That's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your desire and choice to praise God. And he wants to steal your blessing. It says in Isaiah 25, verse 1, Lord, you are my God. I exalt you and I praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you've done wonderful things that you planned long ago. Here's the thing. God planned goodness for your life. He planned blessings for your life. He planned out everything you need. He has already planned for it. He already set it aside. It's like like growing up and then you're about to go to college and you're like, how am I going to pay for this? And suddenly your parents are like, oh, that's okay. I have this account. It's all taken care of. God has so many accounts in heaven of everything you need ready to go, planned, and lined up. But what is the key? Praising God, staying in joy and praising his name the entire time. So I want to take a look at what is biblical joy? If the world's sense of praise is the expression of approval or admiration of someone or something, and joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, good fortune, or owning things that you desire, what is biblical joy? What should we be walking in? The biblical definition of joy says that joy is the feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is, rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit abiding in God's presence and hope in his word. Biblical joy is is not based on who we are. It's not based on what we do. It's not based on what we own. It's based on who he is. And you know what? In a world that is always changing, in a world that is always competing with itself to try and keep up, one thing never changes, and that's Jesus. Jesus. Jesus never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. And so God planned goodness for you before he even created the universe, before he even created your grandparents, before your parents, before you. He had that planned out ready to go because he loves you. Because he has it ready to go. And we should just be excited about that. Jesus and God's plan for you never changes it's so good. And so what is biblical joy? Biblical joy is basically gratitude. It's being grateful for what we have. It's being grateful for what we've already been blessed with and for what God is going to continue to bless us with. When we're walking in God, when we're praising him, that sets us on the road to blessing. But we have to maintain gratitude. I love this quote by David Steindl-Rast. It says the root of joy is gratefulness. It's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. We should be grateful for just what God is doing. You know, just that we're waking up in the morning, that we have a car, that we have a house, that we're able to just take care of ourselves, and that we're able to be a blessing to other people. And you know, this really blew me away because for those of you that don't know, I've just started a new job, and I'm five weeks in D- at Target. So I'm now Jason from Target, which is fun. Um, and so some people are here like, ooh, Target, I need to stop there on the way home. You know, but it really blew me away because, you know, as you're starting a new job, you're going through all of their training, you're learning everything about their company. And one of the things that it just, it just stuck out to me because, you know, every company has a purpose. You know, they have purpose, they have values that they stand by. And most of the time you're like, okay, yeah, that's really nice, cool. But I'm reading Target's purpose. and It just stuck out to me. Here's what Target's purpose is. To help all families to discover the joy in everyday life. To help all families discover joy in everyday life. Like, that's and and some of you are sitting here going, like, I mean, yeah, Target is really joyful. Like, it's my happy place. Like, I can go there, I can get, like, a caramel frappuccino, I can walk around, I can throw things in my cart that I don't need. And all the husbands are like, it's not my happy place. It's not my joy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> like, no, I need you to have a little less joy in your life right now and a little bit more self-control. But no. But no, but it blew me away because I'm sitting here looking at that and I'm like, how crazy is it that a worldly company is trying to do a better job at bringing joy into people's lives than sometimes the church even does, right? We were created to be happy. We're created to be in joy. We're created to be blessed. But to unlock that, we have to be in praise and we have to be in joy and we have to make that conscious decision to do it. Praise is so important to God. Because it's one of the few things he can't do himself. God can't praise himself. He can't worship himself. That's why we were created. But more deeply, that's why he gave us free will so we can make the choice to love him and to praise him and to be in joy. But I want to take a look at and 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 one of the cool things is is so many verses in the Bible are actually worship songs. They're praise songs. If you look at the Book of Psalms, it's literally a book of songs. Unfortunately, we don't have the music for it anymore. I can't wait to get to heaven and actually hear what they sound like. But they're literally songs. David is writing these songs to God. And, and the cool thing about worship songs is, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but there are a couple of different styles of worship songs. There are worship songs that are really just designed to praise God and to just worship him and to just release everything and to just sing about his goodness, But then there are also worship and praise songs that are designed more inward focused like, God, look at what you're doing in me. This is what I have going on in my life. This feels really hard right now. I don't know how I'm going to push through it, but I trust you anyway. We need both because we need the encouragement. And we actually see that all through the Psalms. King David would write so many Psalms about all of the trials that he was going through. And if you've read your Bible, that dude went through some trials. Like He had, he was anointed to be king, and yet the, the, the current king is trying to kill him in the process, and so he has to flee for his life. And so what does he do? He's like, I'm going to write a song. I don't know if that would be my first choice. I would be like, um, first of all, I just want to not die. That would be great. But secondly, like, I'm not going to sit down and just be like, mm, I like this chord. We're going to go with this. But no, he's singing about these trials and, and, and everything going on. But in between them, he's also just singing God's goodness. He's just saying, God, I love you for exactly who you are, for exactly who you've created me to be. But there's this really cool cool psalm um, and, and song, actually, in the end of Habakkuk. And I want to take a look at this, because this, to me, was a really huge unlock, personally. Habakkuk 3, verse 17 and 19. "'Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls.'" yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he will make me feel like the deer's feet and he will make me walk on high hills. That's good, but that's also tough because this isn't just one of those praise songs saying, God, you're so good. I praise you. you know, that first song we sang today, I love it. It's, I thank God. I thank God just for you, for your goodness, for who you are. This is not one of those songs. This is one of those songs like everything is going wrong and everything is getting piled on. And I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I trust you, God. You can help. I know. I trust you, but everything is going wrong. Because if you look at that, it's like, all right, so the fig tree is not going to blossom, so it's dead. No fruit on the vines. Um, the labors of the olive fail. The laborers have failed. Fields are bearing no food. The flock is gone. There's no herd in the stalls. Everything is going wrong. Everything is getting piled on. And you know, I, I, I get this because we live this, Right? I call this the pile-on effect. I guarantee you you guys have experienced the pile-on effect because one of the the tools that the enemy uses is to just keep piling on all these little things over and over, just these little, little inconveniences like, oh, flat tire. Oh, you know what? I had to stay late at work for four hours. Oh, my relationship isn't the best, but that's okay. And it just piles on and piles on and piles on until it feels like this insurmountable weight that you can't get out from under. The devil isn't always going to come at you and just do one giant big attack because it's like earth shattering. He's just going to pile it on and pile it on and pile it on until it feels like we can't keep going. And I experienced this in January myself. Um, And for those of you that don't know, you know, I just recently moved in January and who in here has sold a house? That's a stressful situation. (laughs) I had no clue. This was the first time I was selling a house, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like, cool. going to sell this. going to get in the new house. It's great. And then one of the things that my real estate agent was like, all right, now remember that, you know, you buying your new house is contingent on your old house selling, and you only have this time frame to do it. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. God's going to take care of it. And of course, I am trying to sell in December around Christmas, and it's not like everybody and their brother is going out and being like, mm, I'm going to buy a house for Christmas. <laughs> Here you go. Merry Christmas. And so I'm just like, So like a whole lot of showings, which is also inconvenient because you have to keep your house perfect because you might have a showing at any time. And so you're like, okay, so I feel like I can't even live in my house. I can't pack until it's actually sold because I have to make sure that it still looks good and it's staged. And so finally that goes through and I'm like, okay, we've got that done. But then I'm also in retail and so... Q4, like holiday, that's our busiest time. And so I'm pulling all this overtime at work. I'm not able to pack. It's been a stressful situation. Suddenly I'm coming home like the week of my closing. I got a flat tire. It's 18 degrees outside. And I'm like, cool, I get to change a tire in 18 degree weather. (laughs) This is great. At 10 o'clock at night. And there's no one to come and help me because I'm literally just in, in Detroit. And I'm like, okay, well, I have a spare. Like, I'll do this. So I'm, like, out there, like, trying to trying to get it taken care of. And thank God for MDOT. They actually pulled over. And the guy was like, oh, I can help with that. He pulls out a jack that, like, pops my car up in, like, three pumps. And suddenly, like, my tire is on. And I'm like, all right, cool. So get that taken care of. And then have to miss work the next day so I can go get a new tire, which turned into four new tires, which turned into, oh. You only have one style of tire that'll fit the the rims of my car, which is going to be $900. Cool. (laughs) So now I'm like, I don't have $900 in my bank account right now. So now I'm a 34-year-old guy who's calling mom and dad being like, hey, can you guys lend me this money real quick so I can take care of this? And then I'll pay you back out of the proceeds of selling my house. And they're like, yeah, no problem. So now I'm stressed even more. So then now we've closed. We've taken care of all that. I'm packing. I have two boxes packed. And so my parents drove all the way up from Oklahoma to pack my entire house for me, which was unreal. And it was, it was I was so grateful, but it was still frustrating because I'm like, I should be doing this. You shouldn't have to do this for me. And it just was one thing after another. And then during the moving process, I ended up backing into my neighbor's mailbox. Now I have to go out and I have to pay for a new mailbox. And I'm like, praise God, cool. Like I walk up to his door and I was like... It's like, I'm so sorry. I just like ran over your mailbox. He was like, yeah, I watched it. I was like, Cool. Great. And he was like, also stay away because I have COVID. And I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Okay, cool. So this is great. So it just keeps piling on. And then suddenly I wake up the next morning and my car battery died. And I'm like, I don't have another car. So luckily, my parents were there. I was able to borrow their car, drive to work, come home. Then suddenly, the next day, I'm supposed to move. I have the day off from work. I had two call-offs, had to go in, cover it. And then literally, amazing people from the church helped me like pack up my truck without me even being there. So by the time I got there, it was almost all packed. And so literally, as soon as my car battery died, and I get a new car battery, and I couldn't even change it in the parking lot because they wouldn't do it for me. So I had to drive it home, change it, Take the battery back to refund it. And I'm just like, Jesus, I'm done. This is too much. Like, I'm, I'm done. And so I I, I will never forget, I, I I walked in after changing my car battery, and my parents can tell that I'm like, I'm, I'm really frustrated. And they're looking at me, going like, it's going to be okay. And I was like, I, I don't want to hear it right now. I love you guys, but I'm going to go get a coffee. I'm going to go return this, and I'm going to get my head straight. And so I'm like, like <laughs> Starbucks for the win. So I'm like, all right. So I get in my car, and I'm just sitting there for a second. And I'm like, God, this is This is so frustrating. It's just been one thing after another, after another, after another. And it just really felt like, all right, you know what? I'm going to put some praise music on. I'm going to put some worship music on. I'm going to pray. And you know what? Some of David's prayers were not like, oh, God, I love you. I thank you so much. They were like, God, what is going on in my life? Somebody's trying to kill me. Why is everything going wrong? I trust you. I love you. But why is this happening to me? And he modeled Prayer life and a praise and worship life that was every second of every day. And when when I when I got in the car and I just started praising and I started singing, and I'm like, I don't feel like singing, but I'm gonna sing. And I'm like, all right, God, I don't feel like it, but I'm gonna just, I'm gonna try and be happy, I'm gonna try and be in joy. I'll never forget what the Holy Spirit told me. He said, Jason, stop being angry in the midst of your blessing. Stop being angry in the middle of your blessing. And I'm sitting here going, God, what blessing are we talking about right now? Like, like, are we talking about the tires blowing? Are we talking about backing over a mailbox? Are we talking about like, like not being able to pack up anything? And he's like, I've already taken care of it. I already planned good for you long ago. So why are you angry in the middle of your blessing? I just closed on the house and I was able to make, they make a really good amount of money off of it. Suddenly that's in my bank account. So yes, the tires blew. Was that an inconvenience? Absolutely. But I was able to pay for him in the moment. I was able to pay my parents back right away out of the proceeds of my house. Was the, the mailbox frustrating? Absolutely. Was I able to afford it and bless him with a new one? Absolutely. Already taken care of. Did my car battery die? Yes. How am I going to get to work? Already taken care of. I was able to borrow my parents' rental car. When I get home, all I was able to just go buy a new car battery. He's going, I've already lined up the answer to every issue that you've had, so stop being angry in the middle of your blessing. You are blessed, but you're making a choice not to be in joy over me already taking care of it. And it just hit me. And I'm sitting like, here going, stop being angry and losing your joy in the middle of your blessing. Pile on effect happens. It's, it's, it's always going to happen but are you going to maintain praise and joy in the middle of trials anyway? And it's a conscious choice. So my second point I want to look at is joy is not found in what we have, but who we are. Why is praise important? Why were we created to praise? Well, like we said earlier, it's literally in our DNA. It's who God created us to be. Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 139, 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. And we're one of those wonderful works. We were made to praise him. Psalm 27, 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy. Leaps for joy. And with my song, I praise him. Psalm 103, verse 1. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. We are created to praise God. We're created to live that. And and, and King David, he had this harder than, than almost anyone else we see in the Bible. We see a lot, of, a lot of people that go through a lot of things and a lot of trials. And, you know, what's the number one thing that we see? We see those people coming out of those trials. But how did King David prepare for that? Here we have a shepherd boy who's just out there washing the flock. And what does he have? He's just out there, just by himself. So he's like, I'm just going to praise God. I'm just going to be in his presence. I'm just going to praise. I'm going to be in joy. Oh, hey, there's a bear. Oh, let me go kill that real quick. Okay, now back to praising God. All right, how about a lion? Okay, well, we're going to go take care of that. Boom. Now I'm going to go back to praising God. And sometimes we have to praise God in the wilderness to reach the peace of the palace. But even when he got to the palace, there wasn't much peace for long because now suddenly there's a king who's jealous and who's trying to kill him, and he has to run away. He has to literally assemble troops and take over the blessing that God already established for him. There was still work, but the entire time, he still kept praising. So the last thing I want to I leave you guys with this is this. Praise prepares your breakthrough. Praise prepares your breakthrough. And and again, I want to read this. Praise is not the sound of the songs that we sing to him. That's part of it, but it's not the totality of it. Praise, better defined, is the size and shape of your surrender day in and day out before him. Praise times joy equals surrender. We have to surrender ourselves sometimes. We have to surrender our feelings. We have to surrender our thoughts of if I raise my hands, what is someone going to think about me? Who cares? You're not doing it for people. You're doing it for God. You're doing it because it's a sign of surrender. When you raise your hands, that's a sign of surrender to God, saying, God, I love you. God, I'm just going gonna, gonna to leave everything at the door. I'm going to lay it all at your altar. I'm going to lay stress out. I'm going to lay fear out. I'm going to lay doubt out. I'm going to lay worry, insecurity, whatever it is plaguing me, I just surrender it so I can praise you and I choose joy. It's about surrender. And we see this with with Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. Acts 16, 25, and 26. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to him. And the prisoners were listening to them. They were literally in prison. They literally were preaching the word of God. They were trying to spread God's praise, trying to spread God's joy. And they got thrown in jail for it. And this wasn't just like a regular jail. This is literally like a sewer. They are chained up in the middle of a sewer. And what is their response? Praise. I'm going to praise God. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened. Everyone's bonds were unfastened, and they were freed. But then what did that lead to? That led to the jailer freaking out, because if that means if the prisoners are freed, now his head is on the chopping block, literally. And so he's like, they're all gone, and Paul and Silas are like, no, we're not. We're still here. we will still here. Now they're sharing the love of Christ with him, and he ends up getting saved, his whole family gets saved, and now there's a whole chain reaction because somebody chose praise and joy in the midst of trial. And it wasn't easy. But praise was literally the catalyst that God used for the breakthrough and the freedom of Paul and Silas from the jail. But it also opened the door for them to preach and literally save the lives of the people around them. They were in an uncomfortable situation, literally in chains and sewage. Not an easy place to praise God. But at that moment, they realized joy times praise equals surrender. And it's not about me. It's not coming from me. It's not coming from my surroundings. It's not coming from my possessions. It's not my standing in society. But it comes from a conscious choice and an understanding of who I am in Christ, but that I am called to praise in any circumstance, regardless. We're called to praise, it's in our DNA. And praise prepares the breakthrough, but it's a choice. John 4, verse 23 through 24. I just want to end with this. But the hour is coming and is here now that when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him, for God is spirit, and those who worship him must be in spirit and in truth. God's waiting for us to make the choice to praise him, to make the choice to worship him, to make the choice to choose joy in the midst of all of our trials. And I know it's not easy, but especially here at Alive, God wants to do a new thing. God wants to move through praise and through joy and through worship, but it's not just an every Sunday thing. This isn't, I'm going to choose to praise God on my commute to work. I'm going to listen to some worship music while I'm on break. I'm going to listen to worship music instead of watching Netflix when I get home. It's choosing to praise God at the most inopportune of times, but when we do it in any circumstance, that's where the breakthrough happens. I encourage you guys, you know, just God is doing such an amazing thing in worship. And it's not about me. It's not about this team. It's not about the church. It's about the Holy Spirit moving. And it's about an understanding that we are created to praise God, to give Him joy, to be excited to be here, to be excited to raise your hands, to be excited to clap, to jump down, to express that joy. So the Father sees it and He is well pleased because He's waiting on true worshipers. Amen? He's waiting for you to just surrender and to just enter into his presence. And it's not easy, but every single step of the way, the next step is to just be more authentic in worship with God and to show that outward praise, joy, and gratitude. Amen? It's what God's asking for. So I just want to just go in prayer for a second, but then we're going to put this into practice because I believe whenever you, you get an understanding of something, of what God has called us to do, we need some practice at it. And you know, it may not be perfect. You're probably sometimes, whenever you raise your hands, whenever you worship at first, if you've never done it before, it may be uncomfortable. And you may be self conscious. And that's okay. God is just saying surrender, surrender those feelings, surrender the fear of what people think about you. It's not about that, it's about just worshiping God and praising Him. Father God, we just come before you this morning. And I thank you so much, Father God, for your word and for your truth. And Father God, that we can praise you that we can worship you, that we can get in your presence. And when we get in your presence, lives are changed. Hearts are renewed. Minds are renewed. Healing happens. That, Father God, that that there is an understanding that that back in the Old Testament, Father God, they sent the worshipers at the front of the battlefield to prepare it. Father God, just like you sent the worshipers to prepare the way back then, you sent us here tonight and this morning, Father God, to prepare praise for the breakthrough that you have for every person in this place. But not only just here in church, but that it would happen at home. Father God, that they would be praising and worshiping in a car and suddenly breakthrough happens, suddenly healing happens, suddenly that bill is paid, suddenly that relationship is mended. Whatever it is, Father God, you've already planned goodness for us long ago, and we're going to walk that out. We're going to choose joy. We're going to choose praise. And Father God, we're just going to surrender. And I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you're just moving on us and just helping us to grow in our understanding of what praise is, what joy is, that it's a conscious choice, Father God, but more importantly, that it is so much fun to praise you, that it's so much fun to just be in your presence and to just watch you move and to just be grateful for everything that you have for us. Band, if you would come up real quick. We're going to get set. I just want to encourage you guys to stand up, and we're literally going to get back into that song, I Thank God. And just spend some time just praising God and just making that conscious choice to just get in his presence and to just be grateful and thankful for him. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.